the Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to Askell's Primary Leader Podcast. And today I am joined by Rebecca Leake. I am going to hand over to her to do her own um, introduction to herself very, very shortly, because what we're going to do today is a slightly different format to what we've done usually. And what we've done usually is I've asked the same kind of questions to our um, our podcast presenters. But today I'm going to hand over to Rebecca, who's going to talk through some of the research that she's been working on. Now, I've, I've worked a little bit with Rebecca before, so I know about some of this research, and I think it's truly inspiring, which is why I've invited her today. So. The format of today is going to be that I, I very shortly hand over to Rebecca to talk through her context, her background, her career to date. And then after that, I'm going to ask her about some of the work that she's been doing, particularly around assemblies and edges. And um, she knows what I'm talking about when I say edges. This may be new to you if you're listening, but she's going to explain what that means. And I'm sort of just going to hand over to her to talk and maybe just jump in if it's appropriate. So. Um, I don't want to take any more time away from Rebecca. So, Rebecca, can you start by doing what I've asked and just talking through your background, your career so far, your context and the work that you're doing? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm actually sitting uh, in an office at the moment in a two-form entry primary school in Ipswich, which I love. <laughs> it's a wonderful school and, I, and I've got three days left. So it, in terms of what's my context, uh, today that is my context. Um, I'm a, so I'm an executive head teacher in Ipswich, uh, which is a wonderful town for anyone that wonders whether it is or not. It is. Um, and, uh, and I'm also the director of strategy for a, a trust in Suffolk that has 14 schools. So for the last two and a half years, I've spent a lot of time uh, looking at systems uh, and flow within a quite a complicated uh, trust of schools and making things work and looking at looking at all those kinds of things. I've got a bit of an interesting background, uh, possibly, although we all have interesting backgrounds. We've all got different stories, but I started um, as a resident musician, actually, in a, in a private school. Uh, and my politics now would not lead me to work in a private school, but that's another story. But I did start there uh, and then started being a Latin teacher whilst doing a master's at the Guildhall in music leadership. Um, and, you know, have kind of travelled through different things, uh, having a social enterprise with an art gallery, with art collectives, um, playing quite a lot of music and doing um, funded uh, projects with communities, as well as a reasonably conventional uh, career as a, as a teacher and then a school leader, although down the inclusion route um, as a Senko. And I think that does give you a particular lens on the richness of, of humans um, and, I, and I think that there's there's something very much uh, very very powerful about having been a Senko and really got under the skin of all those things and then and then I've I, you know I did my MPQH and uh, got a job uh, with uh, Asset in this its role at the moment and then I'm finishing up uh, uh, and uh, I'm having to draw my tentacles out of this school which is very painful um, and going off to lead a, a, a triad of schools um, in Essex um, whilst also continuing to do some research which you referred to before. I, I also live on an organic fruit farm um, and, uh, and I, I do believe, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do believe in adventure. I'm a Quaker and uh, we're supposed to live adventurously and living adventurously could be uh, 
you know, going off uh, and living in a wood for four years and learning how to be a, a runner uh, in the wild. Uh, but for some, it, uh, adventures are different for everyone. And our adventure was that um, my husband always has wanted orchards and I, you know, that one came up for sale. And I said, well, we can't not do it. So we did move and we live on a permaculture designed organic farm uh, in Essex. And we work incredibly hard and it's a bit too busy, which is the opposite of what Quakers should have, which is a simple life. Uh, but uh, it is very rich. So so I have a lot of different, uh, different lenses and different experiences that take me to where I am today. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. And um, so when we met just a few months ago now, you talked to me about some of the research that you've been doing. And as I said at the beginning of this um, podcast introduction to this, it was just totally awe-inspiring to me because I've never really heard anything like it. And we, in our in our little background chat before this, I talked about the enormity of what you're saying, but the simplicity of what it actually is. And I know that you have done so much and what we're going to focus on today is, is really just scratching the surface. But over to you, can you start talking about some of the things that you've been doing? But we've specifically focused today, we're going to focus, aren't we, on assemblies and edges. So over to you. Yeah, I, I do... I do struggle with the with being referred to as doing research in that I you know I'm I'm really scraping at the surface and anyone that's doing doctoral research and is at the stage that I'm at which is quite early on will know that you just scratch a bit at the surface and then you go oh golly I don't know anything um, and I haven't really got anywhere so it already sounds very grand to refer to the fact that I'm doing research but maybe I am uh, and um, I'm really interested in trying to trying to step away from seeing things as they normally do, as we normally do, and going, well, hold on a minute. If we look at it through this window, or we look at it from above, or we look at it from below, then suddenly we see things that we haven't seen before. Um, I, when we're looking at corners of a school, I go, do you know what? We need another brain looking at this because they will see something that these brains are not seeing. And it's always trying to, um, it's when you struggle about, oh, where shall I put the new fridge in my kitchen? And going, well, hold on a minute. Who says I even need a fridge? Or who says the fridge needs to go in the kitchen? Or should the kitchen even be in this room? Uh, are the kinds of things that, that I think are really important to keep pushing ourselves to see. I like to fly, literally, I take my mind above the school. I like thinking about the, um, the, 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 the flow within a school, where the children come in, where they go out, where the people spend the time and they cluster and then they go away again. Um, and I think that's a really interesting way to look at your school, to really transform or explore ways of making it better and richer. Uh, I, I mentioned to you before about high, the hidden curriculum. People talk about the hidden curriculum. And actually what I've been thinking about with assemblies is it's not the hidden curriculum. I think of it as the curriculum that is hiding in plain sight. Uh, and that doesn't do service to all the many uh, fantastic head teachers that, that do pay attention to their assemblies. Mm. But, but, but I think that we have possibly lapsed into just putting the fridge in that corner of the kitchen with our assemblies and we haven't really stopped and gone why are we doing why are we doing assemblies what, what do they actually do what's good about them what would we lose if we didn't do them and are we using them for the right thing 
and 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 you may those those of you listening I'm sure you've seen things in the press about collective worship mm-hmm. um, and we do still there is still legislation that, that dates back to 1944 and previous to that that says we should all be delivering a daily act of collective worship of a broadly Christian nature um, and and it's a you know it's a very hot topic um, and and we've kind of muddled that into assemblies and so somewhere in our kind of collective consciousness we've kind of gone oh assemblies is for kind of coming together and singing a song uh, or doing a prayer or you know celebrating because of that and then we've kind of forgotten to maybe review it and go well hold on a minute is there more to this or should we actually be learning something should this be a science lesson what if the whole school had a science lesson together um and uh, and we kind of do that but but it needs a little bit more of a look at, of, of a look um and so that's that's really the zone in which i'm i'm functioning at the moment yeah Sounds um that sounds really, really interesting. So tell us a little bit more about assemblies then, because now you've sort of whet the appetite of some of our listeners who may be thinking, okay, so so yeah, maybe we are, maybe we have got that fridge in that corner of the kitchen. What should we do then? What's your thinking on assemblies and that that time for collective worship? And I and I say collective worship in sort of inverted commas. What what do you think um should should happen? Or what have you been working on? So I started, I've started to look at different theories and, uh, you know, different disciplines. Um, And one of the things that um, I've looked at, partly because of where I live and what I do, is uh, is permaculture. Um, And some people will will scoff a bit and say, well, there's not much evidence around permaculture. There's not, you know, what what are you talking about? Um, But, uh, you know, that's where research gets exciting is when you start using something from a different discipline and it may shine a light on something that you're doing. Um, And that's what that's what research is. And and, uh, I think of research and knowledge in this very busy world of research, a little bit like a tide line, you know, and there's a, you know, okay, I'm not going to maybe transform everything, but the tide line will, I will just pull it up a little bit further by looking at different things and and increase our knowledge a little bit on, on, on something. And permaculture, there's a, there's one of the principles of permaculture, which is the edge effect. Mm. Um, And, uh, and, and the idea of when you design your farm or your garden um, uh, or, or, or the space that you've got is you do look at the zones so there's zoning in, in permaculture and different reasons about why you put things in different zones but then there's also paying attention to the edges because it's where the different sections of monocultures overlap and what you'll get and uh, Tiffany can see me doing this on the camera but you can't see it as I'm talking about it, I'm doing, you know, when you overlap them so I'm putting my hands together to show the overlap um, and you get a, a richer and different cult, uh, polyculture where there's an edge um, like a hedge uh, in a farm and uh, and uh, all the all the wildlife that lives in those actually actually provides a lot of uh, the things that the that the monocultures then need as well so it feeds back into the more monoculture zones um, and and when I read that and connected it in my head with assemblies and also with school life in general um, everything just suddenly did a big kind of paradigm shift. It was like the kaleidoscope had just gone round a turn um, because these moments where we overlap are the, are so powerful in a school. Um, and, uh, and, and if you start paying attention to them, then more happens, I promise. So, so one example, and I know I'm coming away from assemblies. I'll go back to that in a minute. But one example is, is the overlap of the parents at the start of the day 
with the school community and uh we, you know many of us i'm not i know i'm not saying anything new to head teachers we all stand at the gate and we all say good morning and and and, and that's it I, i'm not i'm not saying i'm i've got something new really but it's just noticing and going hold on a minute actually that is incredibly important um and it's a little moment of magic uh, there's a little bit of electricity that happens when the parents come to the gate uh, and there's some interaction and then they go away again um, and, and actually this very morning uh, I was out at the gate and we've just bought some really exciting parking bollards um, because we've been battling about parking uh, and the the number of interactions that I've had you know we put in the newsletter oh please park better and mm. talk to everyone about parking etc etc mm. but actually putting something tangible and visible on that edge point between the parents and the school um, has created conversation and uh, and it's what they notice because it's where we come together so the coming together bits um, uh, are really important and I say it to my poor head of school and assistant head all the time you know I say oh look there's another edge oh yes Rebecca yes we've yeah. had that before but honestly as soon as you start seeing it you go there's another edge um, and uh, and assemblies are a huge convergence point in a school um, and there's something that I believe, but I haven't done the research yet, so I, I don't know. But I wonder when I've done the research that what might come out of it is that there's something that assemblies can provide for school communities that the monoculture existing just in your own class cannot provide. Uh, that is my question. Uh, and I mustn't think that I know the answer to that question um, because I'm going to research it dispassionately. But uh, but that's that's the exploration. During lockdown, we were all existing in really stagnant monocultures mm. um, at home sorry to say that your homes were stagnant but they were <laughs> or at least mine you know there was a real stagnancy wasn't there about going through the daily grind of getting out the chromebook and you know whatever anyone did it was not exciting uh, or at least not much of it was exciting and then when the children came back and they've been existing in their own classes but not interage mixing mm. Uh, and and we started trying, you know, there's been some of the teachers said to me, oh, do you know what, I, every, in the afternoon I move them around in the class because they're so sick of sitting next to the same children all the time. Mm. Uh, and it sounds an incredibly simple thing, um, but I, I just want us to notice it more, I think. Is, is right. what and when, when we first um, chatted a few, a, a good few months ago now, and you, and you first described this to me, I think I said to you at the time, that my own child, a primary age child, had told me that she goes to the toilet quite a lot of times during the school day. And I asked if she had a problem and needed medical attention. She said, oh no, I don't actually need the toilet, but it's just an opportunity for her to walk because they have to follow the one way system, which means she's walking through safely um, another area of the school safely because it's obviously it's, it's mm. safe mm. in a safe manner but she's getting out and seeing the faces of other children and I think that's and I, and I asked you then do you think that's what children crave and your answer was it's not just children it's also staff and I thought goodness me yes um, and you gave me um, an example, I think, I think we talked about it at the beginning, about you know, when you normally, in normal times, walk around the school and chat to, I think you said, the teaching assistant or so on. Can you just tell us a little bit more about, about that, if you can remember that conversation? Yes, had. yes. So two things, I think, to say on that. Uh, one is uh, my biggest piece of advice, well, many pieces of advice, but but one, one big piece of advice is pay value to everyone that you meet. 
uh, and don't pay less value to certain people. And so the interactions that I have with all my staff are as important. Um, and I think David Carter's mentioned something like that in his um, his, his book on, on education trusts and, you know, CEOs. And I'm about to be a CEO, so I'd better learn quickly about that kind of thing. But, you know, the value that you put on every interaction uh, with every adult is, is incredibly important. So just picking up that when you said the TAs, because uh, it's everyone and everything. But um, it's something that I, so the second thing is something that I call the school improvement sweep, or I used to call it that. And now I think I just think of it as the edge when there's convergence, little moments of convergence. But the, the quality of the, the school improvement sweep, whereby you can walk around the school. And people will know this because they'll have read research on management by walking around and all these kinds of things. So it's out there already in, in different uh, disciplines and research. Um, you know, that I can go into a classroom and have a conversation, get a little bit of feedback loop. Have a little moment where you, you know, revisit the, the what you're doing today from a practical perspective, but also, you know, you, you're sharing your language about your school, what you value. And that's that, you know, that's really important as a, as a leader as well. And then you then you move on and you think, oh, do you know what? I need to solve that. And then you order the different padlock for that cupboard because they just mentioned that that needs a better lock on it. And then you get to the next classroom and you notice that the, the you know, that the year sixes have done some fantastic artwork on the wall. And the teacher says, oh, it was really good because we did this. And you go, oh, I'll just log that in my head uh, mm. because I'll make sure that then we put that in the curriculum for next year if that's something that works really well and you walk around the school and it's like a sweep <laughs> of, of little golden moments and everyone will recognize this I'm not telling them anything new mm. but uh, but it's something that I think every leader or anyone really but we don't you know we don't all have time and we're classroom teachers and and you know thank you for your dedication in your classrooms and we need you to do that but but anyone that's that's stitching a school culture together so a Senko or an assistant head or, you know, whatever, um, to learn to do that sweep round and, and paying value to those golden moments will we'll bring, will reap the kind of school improvement things, but also will build those relationships and stitch, stitch your, stitch your culture together as you go. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's lovely. And um, just coming towards the end then of, and coming back to revisiting assemblies. So, We've got people listening to this, we've got leaders listening to this, um, some of them long-standing leaders, some of them who have not quite started their job yet, perhaps they started September. Let's revisit assemblies then. Um, do you have any advice? So what I, You may not, but let's just think about those people now who have, who have sat up and listened to what you've said and thought, yeah, okay, maybe we do need to rethink that time with the children. Mm -hmm. What next? What, what would they do? Well, I think one of the things which, which you know, we all know is what good leadership looks like is ask is the why question. Mm -hmm. Why? Why have you got an assembly? And if you don't have a really good answer to that, then maybe don't do one. So so first of all, make sure you've got a really good reason mm -hmm. uh, for doing them. Uh, and your reason might be because your your school loves singing together and that's something that you're passionate about as a school leader and you go right well that's what that's what my assembly is for so so make sure you've got a really good why my why uh, and it's really hard to define so you know and different assemblies will have different whys but but one why that i have for whole school assemblies is i really want to take the children somewhere mm. else um, because they have their fantastic school teachers who are brilliant and very inspiring, but I'm a different brain uh, with a different view on the world and I can take them somewhere else. Mm. So I want to give them something that they don't get uh, and so that I can enhance their school experience. Uh, something that maybe lies outside the national curriculum, but is potentially 
sensible and will give them some other good you know knowledge one thing that i've recently done that's been fantastic is based around the periodic table which uh, if you saw if people um saw me do a session in the ascal primary conference i talked a little bit about that and I, uh, so I, and that's something that isn't in the national curriculum for primaries. They don't need to know about the periodic table, although people will know that they need to know states of matter and all that kind of thing. Uh, and somebody said, oh, what do you get? Recept How can reception understand that? <laughs> I was like, well, they can, they can do gold. Mm. Um, you know, so there's something, I found a topic from which every age, because that's one of the big challenges, isn't it, about primary school, particularly primary school, because the difference in in what five-year-olds can can understand and, and, and have as a kind of conceptual understanding and 11-year-olds is quite different. So it's finding that topic that takes them somewhere else, that teaches them something new and allows them to pause, I think. I mean, I am really interested in spiritual development mm -hmm. and, you know, some frameworks about spiritual development is, is when the child realizes that that, that 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 there's a bigger world out there and so i would say if you can find a topic that enhances your curriculum that takes them somewhere else and and gives them a sense that there's a bigger world out there then then i think the magic happens and i would always do a series i mean occasionally there's a one-off you know um, remembrance day or something like that you know there's always room for doing a, a one-off thing but but little brains uh, get very lost in the busyness of school. And so if you do a series and they start, you know, people know this about, you know, um, looping uh, curriculum and coming back to things and interleaving and all those kind of cognitive um, things. So if you revisit something but build on it week by week, then you're building on the knowledge as well. And I love knowledge. You know, I sound a little bit, you know, I probably sound very, you know, progressive and, and uh, you know, project based. And, you know, but I but there's a great place for knowledge in all that. And as the good people know about progressive education, we value knowledge very highly. But but it's it's building in as much learning about the world and taking them somewhere else. Another one I, I did, I did um, What a Wonderful Word, which is a lovely book, where there's a different word from different languages that are non-translatable um, and so you take the children to another country you teach them about the richness of language um, and you know different perspectives and things like that so that's another really good one to do that's um, that's excellent thank you very much for that and then um my very very last question to you then is um well I'm, i may have two very quick ones but the, but the first one is um a piece of advice to um, this is for new leaders and the reason I'm asking you this is because although you're not a new leader you're going to be the new girl um from September and you know how that feels probably right now can you think back to when you were first in primary school leadership and a bit of advice now and, and the reason I'm asking you this is because this is going out at the end of the academic school year so anybody who's who's new to our ASCO membership who's just taken on that leadership role a little bit of advice that you would give them I think that stopping and listening to mm. the people that you're going to be working with will be very valuable. We are we I said in a meeting yesterday, you know, I'm balancing pace with stabilization. Mm. And you can't just go in and do 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 do. And in the in, in and I mean this on a small scale and a big scale. So when you have an interaction with your new deputy head or your chair of governors, um, you'll probably be very enthusiastic and excited. I get very overexcited and I have to calm myself down. 
make sure that you stop and listen to what they say. But then also from a more strategic perspective, make sure that you step away and look and fly above in your head, you know, and have a little moment because schools are so busy, lives are so busy. Um, and uh, if you don't stop and step away and have a pause within a conversation, but within you and within your day and within your half term and within your year, then then you know you stop noticing things because you're just on a treadmill. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. And then a very quick one. I've asked this to everybody. Um, I hope you can answer it. You you we've done something different today, and we've been we've talked about things that are a little bit more inspirational and a little bit different to the things that I'm, I'm normally. Um, not that not that the other speakers I've taken are not inspiration, but it's a different kind of format that we've taken today. So we've talked about a few different things anyway. But the question that I ask all of our um, podcast leaders is to give an uplifting story at the end, something that will inspire everybody. It could be a story about you. It could be a recent story about a child. It could be something that has. And the, and the question that I give this is, why do I do this job? Or why am I in this job? Is there anything that's happened to you recently that has just reminded you exactly why you're in this job that would inspire other people? I, I have too many things. <laughs> it's really hard to answer because I find the job that we do so inspiring every day that I'm now scrambling in my head yes. um, to think, to yeah. think of something uh, specific um, and it comes down to uh, you know talking to the year sixes and saying to them uh, uh, tell me if somebody said to you all oh, Cliff Lane is not a very good school what would you say to that and they just come out with the answers that you want them to say mm -hmm. and one of them said um, one of them said oh you care here uh, you just care, and 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 we mean that in a soft and a hard sense, mm -hmm. you know, in that we are so good at love, and I do talk about love. If that makes the hair stand up on the back of people's necks, well, I'm sorry about that, um, you know. Uh, and but we also care in terms of we really want you to do well. We really care about that. We really want you to do well in your school, and that comes down to that word. Um, and and another one said, so I I am a non-shouter. I, I, I do not think that any human needs to shout at another human. And one of the children said, oh, when we've done something wrong, we know we, we are told we've done something wrong, but we don't get shouted at. Mm -hmm. uh, and, <laughs> and as I said, I'm leaving at the end of this week. And when he said that, I thought, well, do you know what? My work is done because that, that, is, what a, that is what a human organisation should be. And so I've had reflect, talk to your pupils, everyone, uh, because you will know if you're getting it right. And then when they reflect back to you what you want them to say, you know, you, you know, you've done it. Thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. Thank you for everything that you've done for our children and what you've been doing um, over the last few years in your role. And I wish you all the very best in your new role. Exciting times for you. And I really hope that we can expand on some of the ideas that you have put forward in the future. So Rebecca Leake, thank you very much. The Ask Your Primary Leaders podcast with Tiff Harris.